right, I want to welcome everybody uh, who's joining us in person or you're joining us online. Thank you so much for being here uh, this week at Community. Uh, this week we are kicking off a brand new series and it's, uh, it's a series called Family Values. And we are literally going to be talking about family values. Uh, we, we wanted to make it really simple to understand what we're talking about. Um, but but I, I'm really like, this is a series that I'm really excited about. And it, it's not just because it's my literal role here at this church to help families, but uh, we are so excited about this, this series because it's this opportunity for us to apply values to our lives that, you know, they're, they're really going to stretch us maybe, or, or it's values that you can apply to your everyday life, not just in our families, but uh, in, in relationships with your coworkers, with your friends, with your kids, with, with whoever it is. You can apply these values and, and be able to stretch your faith and to continue to grow in your faith that way. And so uh, we're talking about family values, and, and this, this series we're going to be talking about uh, five different family values. And so uh, we, we are so excited to kick this off. Um, one of the problems when we talk about families, though, is that we have this preconceived notion, right? Like you, you go to the store and you buy picture frames. If you go and buy picture frames or, or you scroll Instagram and you get these, right? You get these stock fo- photos, right? You have everybody dressed alike or everybody dressed similar, all put together, everything looks perfect, right? This is our preconceived notion. Maybe this is our starting point of, of what we think families should look like. And so, so we, we look at a family and, and, and we just think, oh man, their kids make good grades, their kids listen, their kids, their kids are perfect. And then the marriage is just awesome. And we, we struggle sometimes with this by looking at, at these like stock family photos. Or maybe, maybe it's when you get on Instagram. And, and right now or a couple weeks ago, you were scrolling Instagram and, and you see everybody posting their, their Christmas pictures and, and they're the perfect pose in front of the tree, everybody in matching PJs, everything's perfect, it's nice and clean. But we know that's not always the case, right? Like we, we have this, this idea, this, this stock family in mind. It's this perfect couple. They've got a perfect relationship. Kids are perfect. They're in sports. They've got one and a half kids because that's what, you know, statistics say. Um, they have one and a half kids and they, they are just like this perfect relationship. This family is perfect. They have a dog because you can't have cats and be perfect relationship. Um... But, but we, we suffer from this, like this stock family idea in our lives. And, and uh, one of the, the people I've heard of talk about this, is, it's called the stock family syndrome. The stock family syndrome. And, and, and what it means is that we, we look at, at a family and, and we think, oh, they've got it all together. This is the, the, what the perfect family should look like, and everything is perfect. But a lot of the times, we've been on the other side of that, and reality looks a lot different than that. 
reality in our lives is that, man, lives are messy. Families are messy. And so Reggie, Reggie Joyner, uh, he and Carrie Newhoff, I'm not going to spell Carrie's name for you because I can't spell it, uh, but they wrote this book together called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. And if you've not read this book, it, this is like a must read, pick up, Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. And, and I was reading this book the other day, and this is one of the quotes they had from there. Reality looks different for every family. Reality looks different for every family. Like your reality looks completely different than my reality. Your reality looks completely different from the the other family's reality. Your reality in your family looks completely different. And and if we know the reality of of everything is by the time we get a hold on our families, we think we finally have them figured out something changes, something changes. And maybe it's a new kid, it's hormones, a boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, uh, a new job, maybe you move and so it's a new house, maybe it's a new fight, new divorce, new layoff, new hardship, new, by the time we have all this family thing figured out, the reality is, is that it's just gonna, it's gonna change again. And it's hard for us to, to really figure it out. And, and what we know is that, that every family is messy. Like it's broken. And that's what reality looks like in our lives. Families are messy. Families, they they don't always get along together. And and, and we've been on the other side of the stock family photos. And and we know that that getting everybody to comb their hair is just a battle every day. But, But the reality is, is as a family... We have these these ideals, these things that we can move toward to continue to move closer to Christ... And maybe your, your family is a complete and total disaster. Like that's your reality. You, it's so dysfunctional, you, you don't even want to talk about it. That's okay. If we open up our Bible, we can see family after family in the Bible that, that dysfunction is like the name of the game. One of those people in our Bible, if you open up and read in Genesis, you can read about Jacob. And I don't know if you know the story of Jacob, but Jacob is the son of Isaac and the grandson of Abraham. And because Abraham and Isaac were men of God, God said that he would bless the whole world through them and that their sons would be more than the stars that they could count. And so so God had this blessing on Abraham and Isaac. And so Isaac has two sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau is born first, and Jacob comes right after him, holding on to Esau's heel. Mothers and childbirth, that would be painful, right? One right after the other. But, but as he's coming out, he, he is the second born child. And so, so because he is the second born, Jacob isn't going to get the birthright. 
His brother Esau, firstborn, is going to get the birthright. He's going to be the person that gets the majority of his father's wealth. He's going to be the one that, that supposedly um, the, the nations would be blessed because of. That's what Esau is set up as. And then one day, Esau goes out and hunts in the fields, and he comes back, and he's tired, and he's hungry. And he's so hungry, he's so tired that he sells his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. And then when it comes time for Isaac to bless the two brothers, because he's on his deathbed, Esau's supposed to come in and get the blessing as the birthright, the firstborn. And Jacob tricks Isaac so Esau is so upset with Jacob, he threatens to kill him. And so Jacob, after his mother tells him to run away, runs away to go towards his, grand, his uncle's house. And is on his way to his uncle's house. He stops and he rests and he sleeps one night on a rock. And while he's sleeping, God reveals to him a stairway from heaven to earth with angels moving back and forth. And then he, he anoints the ground and, and calls it a holy place and then goes on to his uncle's house. When he gets to where his uncle lives, he meets a woman named Rachel who he finds out is his uncle's daughter. And so he is so smitten by Rachel, he, he wants to, uh, he'll work for her hand in marriage. And so he works seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage. Only on the night that they're supposed to be married, his uncle gets him drunk and swaps out his, uh, Leah, Rachel's older sister, because she had to be married first. And then he marries Leah, and then he is tricked by his uncle to have to work another seven years for Rachel. This is just like a messed up family situation, right? And then, then the next thing that happens is he tries to have kids with Rachel and Leah, Leah is the only one that can get pregnant, and, and it's not the wife he wanted, but it's the, she's the only one for the longest time that can get pregnant. And so Rachel was embarrassed, so she sends her servant in to, to get pregnant for her, and, and, and she gets pregnant for her, and the, there's just these fighting between these wives, and, the, and it's just this messy situation. And the reality is, is, is I believe that maybe we can't relate exactly to this family. Like this isn't the exact family situation you're in, but I, I think, I think we can all relate. Like our families, our lives are these messy situations. And, and when you think you have it figured out, something different happens and, and it just changes. But what I know is that God has created the family to be intentionally a part of what it is, to be, to be what it is, to, to continue to, to grow together, to grow each other up. And Moses, in his, his very final address, before he's about to pass away, in Deuteronomy 6, he goes to speak to the nation of Israel. And he talks about and moves the importance of the family up one more degree. And he says this in, in Deuteronomy 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And then verse eight, it says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, Moses in his very last words to the whole nation of Israel, he's telling them, this is not just a commandment for, for you as parents to do this, but it, it says this all the way back in verse five, hear, O Israel, he's saying the entire nation of Israel, listen up, this is what I want you to do. I want you to impress these things on your children. Help your children to know these commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And see, in this, this section of verses is where we, we take out the five family values. We're going to be talking about this entire series and, and so the first family value comes from the very first verse. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so again, he's talking to the whole nation of Israel. He's saying, hear, O Israel. He's talking to everybody. Hear, O Israel. And so what we're, we're talking about today, the very first family value is this. We need to widen the circle. We need to widen the circle. And this is what I mean. And we need to take the influence of our lives and open it up a little bit more. Parents, as we are, are trying to lead our kids, we, we need to understand that our kids don't need the only influence over their lives to be us. But we need to strategically place people in their lives who are Christ followers, who can help them to get to see who Jesus is through their lives. And it's important. It's important for all of us to experience this. In my own life, I have a mentor. Whenever I'm going through something hard, I call my mentor up. Whenever I'm going through something that, that I don't understand or I need advice on, I call my mentor Whenever I'm going through life, I talk to my mentor. See, we in our lives have to strategically place people in our lives so that they can help us to continue to be followers of Jesus. This isn't just with our kids. This is with us as well. We need to widen the circle of influence in our lives. And so we here at Community, parents, we, we have started to, to make ways for your kids to widen the circle in their lives. And so we've created opportunities for your kids and for your students to be, have people strategically placed in their lives so that they can have someone further along in their faith. Because parents, if we are parents, people, families, grandparents, if we are going to raise up the next generation, the generation coming behind us to have a faith to follow Jesus, then we have to show them what it looks like. We have to widen the circle so that they can see from not just us what it looks like to follow Jesus, but from other people who follow Jesus what it looks like to live their lives following him with everything. And so we've, we've started thinking this way in, in our youth, in our kids' ministries, in our family ministries. It's called this. We are thinking orange. We are thinking orange. And so do you guys know what the primary colors that make up orange are? No one? 
Red and yellow. Yes, some of you guys need to go back to kindergarten and preschool just to learn your primary colors and, and your secondary colors. In fact, we have a preschool that meets here five days a week. We have some open enrollment if you want to join. I'm just kidding. Um, but... But to think orange, it, it takes two colors, right? Red and yellow. And red and yellow create this orange thing. And so we, we've started to, to think orange in our church. And so for us, I'm going to break it down. Red represents the warmth of the home. Red represents the warmth of the home. Parents, you have what only you can have. You have the influence that only you can have. The warmth of the home is something that the church can create that nobody else can create for your kids. And so if your kids are going to follow Jesus, uh, we, we want you to know that you have the warmth, you have the love of the house that, that can represent Christ for each and every one of them. Your warmth of your home can help them to see what it looks like on a daily basis to love God, to love others to love their neighbors, to love themselves. Your warmth of the home creates that. But then there's this, the yellow. The yellow represents the light of the world. And that's the church. The light of the world, and that's the church. The, the church has the message that changes everything. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. We have the light of the world here at, at the church and we have the best news that we could ever have. And so parents, we want to partner with you. And so if you take red and you take yellow and you mix them, you get orange. And so we, we, have, we have created spaces for your kids to be able to have those two combined influences together. Parents, we want to partner with you to widen the circle for your kids. We want to partner with you so that your kids can, can grow up to be Christ-centered when they graduate high school. Parents, we want, to, we want to partner with you so that whenever your kid finishes school, they are on fire for Jesus. They are ready to tell their friends, not just once they finish school, but while they're in school, that they can, they can spread the gospel. And so parents, we're asking for you to partner with us, to trust us, that, that we want to, to be the light of the world, to come alongside the warmth of the home you have. Because those two influences are greater together. We're better together. And so we have to widen the circle. Because we want to partner with you to be able to help your kids to grow up to have a faith of their own that they own themselves. And so we have to, again, widen the circle widen the circle of influence on our lives. And, and most of the time, the reason we want to widen the circle is because parents, you know this is, is true too. Eventually, our kids stop listening to us. Is that, is that not true, parents? Like, eventually your kids stop listening to you. And it, once your kids stop listening to you, um, you want to have a safe person for them to listen to. Or maybe they stop talking to you. You want to have a safe place for them to go and to talk. 
And if that's the, the opportunity, then, then we want, we've created this, this space. And so what I would say is our preschool, elementary school, middle school, and high school, they all have small group leaders that are there on a consistent basis so that kids can develop the trust with those leaders to be open to talking to them about what they're going through. To, to be open to, to what God is moving in their lives. But also, because they have those small group leaders, they get to see what it's like for someone to follow Jesus every single week. So parents, it's important for us to widen the circle but it's not just on us. It's not just on, on, on the church to help your kid get to see Jesus. It's not just on kids that, that, that need to see who Jesus is. It's not just our kids that need to widen the circle. Adults, we need to widen the circle too. We need to invite people into our lives who can, who can help us to continue to follow Jesus. We need to, to invite people into our lives who are mentors, who, who can speak into our lives. We need to invite people into our lives who can continue to push us toward what God is calling us to do. We need to widen the circle of influence in our lives. And maybe, maybe for you, you struggle with this because you're like, I, I just don't need other people. I can do it all on my own. The reality is, is if we look again throughout our entire Bible, we see person after person who are mentored so that they can continue to grow in their faith. I mean, if we just talk about Moses, Moses who we were just talking about speaking to the nation of Israel, he was mentored by his father-in-law Jethro. He was, he was, he was, stretched too thin and he was about to burn out. He was exhausted and he asked his father-in-law what to do. His father-in-law told him that he needed to delegate some. And so he was mentored by his father-in-law. And then Moses mentored Joshua. And then Joshua became the eventual leader of the nation of Israel after Moses passed away. And then we have people like Elijah who, who was a prophet who mentored Elisha. Paul mentored Timothy, Luke, Titus, and so many other people. But then we also have the best example, right, of mentoring in Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples. And those 12 disciples he did life with every single day. He talked to them every single day. And then he had three more, three of those disciples that he poured into even more than he did the others. And so in our lives, adults, whether you're single, you're married, you have a family, you can't have a family, you're widowed, whatever phase you're in, we all need to, to widen the circle of influence in our lives. We all need to be a part of something bigger than our lives. And this, this falls right into our mission statement here at Community. Pastor John talked about it last week in our, he, he was talking about the vision for this year, how to have clear vision for this year. And he said our mission statement is stepping in, building up, and living out. 
And so building up in at community is, is such an important part of our lives. If we are going to widen the circle, we are going to continue to build up our faith. And, and what Pastor John talked about last week is, is there are multiple opportunities for you to get plugged into to continue to build up your faith. One of those uh, that, that he talked about last week is, is Rooted. And uh, Rooted is this 10-week series this small group series that you're going to be in a group with, with up to 12 people probably. And you're going to go deep. And you're going to talk about things like, who is God? Does, does he speak to us? We're going to talk about, where is God in the midst of my suffering? We're going to talk about how there is an enemy and how to overcome the enemy. We're going to talk about making most of our lives in Rooted, you talk about money, you talk about evangelism, and we talk about why the church is so important. And I would say this, we at Community want everybody to go through Rooted, no matter what. Whether you've, you've just started following who Jesus is, or maybe you just don't know who Jesus is, you really don't know, you've not taken that step of faith. Wherever you are on your faith journey, you barely know who Jesus is, or you've been following Jesus for 30, 40, 50 years, and, and you're just a lifelong follower of Jesus. If you've not gone through Rooted, we want everyone to go through Rooted. Rooted is, is this opportunity for you to continue to see how, how God has called you and how he is going to continue to call you to live out your faith. And I want to encourage you, if you have not signed up, if you've not gone through Rooted, I want to encourage you to go through Rooted. The second, the second thing that Pastor John talked about last week is life groups. Life groups for us, uh, hopefully they roll straight out of Rooted. Your group stays together right out of Rooted and, and it becomes a life group. But, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Maybe you've gone through Rooted, your group didn't stay together. Or maybe you've gone through Rooted and later on you're trying to find a group. But we have life groups also that, that meet together. And they meet together on a weekly basis and, and rooted in life groups are, are, are this main function of us to continuing to come together like Acts chapter 2 talks about in Acts 2.42, to come together daily, to break bread together, to devote ourselves to the saints' teaching and to the discipleship. Right? This is, life groups is this opportunity for you to come together just like in rooted. It's about 10 to 12 weeks and you're either going to break down the sermon so whatever you talk about, we talk about in here, you'll go even deeper in your groups, or you're going to do a, a, a message, a uh, Bible study through one of our, uh, our, I'm blanking on this word, Right Now Media. There we go. Our system, our system called Right Now Media, where we have a whole bunch of Bible studies together to go. And so life groups are important. Life groups are important for you to continue to widen the circle. But there's one more place that I, I want to talk about because I, I think it's, it, it's an important ministry here at Community that helps us to continue to grow and help people see who Jesus is, and that's Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a place that meets here every Friday night. It's one of our ministries that meets every Friday night. And at Celebrate Recovery, you're going to talk about your hurts, your habits, and your hangups. Maybe for you in your past, you've gone through something and it's hard to, to continue to move forward from that and you're just hung up on it. 
Or maybe because of that past thing, you've got some anger or you've got grief or, or you're going through something and you just can't continue to move forward from it. Or maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Uh, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your hurt, habit, or hang-up is, Celebrate Recovery is this community of believers that comes together every Friday night to continue to help each other to move forward and see how God can help them to overcome those hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And so every Friday night, you're going to be together with a group. You're going to share what you're going through. Maybe you're, you're going to take the chip for the very first day that, that you've, you've started off of your addiction or you've started to overcome your addiction or, or your hurts or your habits. And you're going to continue to move forward. You're going to walk through the 12 steps together in a group. And, and it may not be 12 weeks that you get to walk through it because maybe, maybe for you, it, you're struggling with one of those steps, but you're going to walk through it together. You're going to talk about the eight principles of recovery together. See, recovery, see, celebrate recovery, life groups, rooted groups are all part of Acts chapter two of gathering of the saints together to devote themselves to the teaching and the preaching of the gospel and breaking bread together. And it's so important for each and every one of us to be a part of that, to, to widen the circle in our lives. And, and so for us, if we are going to, if we're going to widen the circle, if we're going to widen the circle, we have to be in a group. If we're going to widen the circle of influence in our lives, we have to be in a group. And so again, as families, parents, I want to ask you, take that step of faith. Let us partner with you in helping your kids get to see who Jesus is. We've strategically placed people so that they can continue to see who Jesus is through our small group leaders in their lives. But also for us. For us, we need to be parents, adults, grandparents, single, married, whatever phase of life you're in. For us, if we are going to widen the circle, we need to be in a group. We have to have people who are coming alongside us, helping us in the midst of what we're going through. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your son. Thank you so much for his love. And God, God, we thank you so much for Moses who, who challenged the nation of Israel to continue to, to work together to help their kids, to help their families, to, to have a faith that's going to move forward. God, we pray that, that we in our lives can take one step closer to widening the circle so that, that we can see who you are and continue to grow in our faith. In your sons, then we pray. Amen. If you're interested in, in making a first-time decision or, or you're interested in, in getting involved in a group, I want you to email office at community.cc or you can open up the app. You can sign up for a rooted group or a life group. They start this week. So if you've not signed up for one, sign up for one today. If you have questions about CR, Jim is right here. Stephanie's in the back. They are our CR leaders. They would love to talk to you about that. Um, thank you guys so much for being here this week. We'll see you next weekend.